This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And folks, if you've been listening for the last few weeks, we have had uh, a spate of just um, amazing, awesome guests that have been joining us here. And this week is no exception. We have Gary from Harry Potter Minute joining us today. Gary, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, thank you for having me. Um, as a kid growing up, I think that like dinosaurs were one of my first obsessions. And uh, just getting to t- just getting to talk about this movie makes me so excited. I've been listening to you guys since you were doing um, Ghostbusters. And, and now that I have, you know, now that I'm doing Harry Potter Minute and we're kind of getting into our own show, just being a guest on all these shows that I've been really like fascinated, like just such a like fan of for so long. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, it's it's really cool that we have you on here, too, because uh, there's not a whole lot of Movies by Minute podcasts that are basically or, or that, that are coming from the world of books to film. And I think, you know, Harry Potter Minute and Jurassic Park Minute, I can't think of any other that, that come to mind. So we uh, definitely have that in common. But um, just tell us everybody out there uh, a little bit about Harry Potter Minute, like how you kind of came to that uh, IP that you wanted um, to jump on and, and uh, where you guys are at in the show. Yeah, we. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I had been listening to Star Wars Minute for a few years now, I think. And uh, Victoria, my co-host over there, uh, the two of us were doing an- another podcast that's not actually available at the moment. But um, I wanted, to, I really wanted to do something in the Minute format. I really loved the idea of like being able to break down a movie. And we talked about a bunch of different ones. Um, we actually started with a show that we called The Quibbler, where we, we went through just the first book. We didn't actually continue with it, but we went through Sorcerer's Stone chapter by chapter. And then I discovered that there's like a dozen other podcasts that are doing that. And some of them are fantastic, but it's, it's really well saturated. Um, and so I, we kind of sat on the idea for a while. And then at the end of, um, season two of back to the future minute, uh, Scott had on Cassandra Fredrickson from who's doing Lord of the Rings now. And she had mentioned that she was going to be doing the extended editions. And it really like, let me think that, you know, this is a, it's a big, heavy franchise. They're going to be doing it for years, but it's something that, you know, they grew up reading and they're really passionate about. And I can't think of another movie franchise that, that I grew, you know, that meant as much to me as the Harry Potter ones. Um, you know, I was probably eight when the first book came out and I was, you know, in high middle school when, when the movie started, I must've been like eight or nine. No, I would have been 10 years old. Yeah, I would have been 10 when the first Harry Potter movie came out. And so I really, like, grew up with them. Um, they were series that I read over and over again. And, and so I'm really I'm really lucky that we were able to start the show um, before someone else had kind of sn- snagged it. You know, I feel, like, really blessed that we're the ones that get to cover such, like, a big, important <laughs> phenomenon of, a, of like, like, a movie franchise. It's flattering. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, it's also, flattering. And yeah. then I know that there's also kind of a, a heavy is the head that wears the crown in a way, too. You know, it's like there's a responsibility in covering a, a movie or franchise like Harry Potter that uh, is beloved by so many people. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's something that's across uh, cross continent. It's a worldwide phenomenon, you know, and you guys were the ones to to jump on it for that. But have you felt any 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 stress or obligations of of the uh, community out there to really you know, kind of uh at first, um, well, I think I think that because there are so many, because the minute the movies by minutes um, 
thing has blown up so much lately. I think that there was a lot of people that came, like right at first, because we were, you know, new into doing podcasting in this format and doing a daily show. Um, right when it started, we got a couple of like iTunes reviews that weren't great, but I kind of expected that we, we were, we were still kind of new. I hadn't bought a new mic yet. We're still like working on building up our setup, but I haven't had anything negative from people that are actually like involved in the Harry Potter community. Um, I'm still trying to reach out and get some people from other shows that I really like to listen to. Uh, there's a, like, you know, there's so many Harry Potter podcasts out there. Um, I'm trying to work on getting them, uh, later in the season, but it's been, it's been generally really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it is, I, I, I really like your, uh, the, the show and what you guys are doing over there. Do y'all want to go ahead and jump into uh, this minute of Jurassic Park? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, Let's I'm, I'm ready. In the previous minute, Hammond attempt to convince Ray to shut down the entire computer system in an attempt to reboot it into the proper mode. As the minute ended, they discussed putting the Lysine contingency into effect. At minute number 93, John Hammond approaches Ray and sternly tells him that people are dying. After a few tense seconds, Hammond asks Ray again to restart the computer systems. At 93.10, we cut to a shot of Ray unlocking a glass cabinet that contains the fuse switches for Jurassic Park's electrical system. Ray shuts down three switches. As each one goes off, the computer systems begin to power down. At 93.20, Muldoon reaches for a flashlight. Ray hits the switch marked Main Power. The overhead lights shut off. Everyone waits patiently in silence. At 93.31, Ray tells everyone to hold on to their butts. Ray flips the main power switch back to the on position. Nothing happens. Ray looks around the room. A very low beeping noise can be heard. At 93.42, one of Nedry's monitors shows the words, System Ready. Ray walks over to the computer and looks at it and tells everyone, It's okay. Ray tells everyone that it worked. Malcolm asks Ray what he means and tells him that all the lights are still off. And thus ends minute number 93 of Jurassic Park. So in this minute, we get kind of our famous line that we used to close out the show here. Uh, hold on to your butts. Uh, so yeah, right. if for nothing else, I think this minute stands out for that. But, you know, uh, again, we kind of have a, a tense little dialogue heavy character heavy minute here. And I think yeah. that it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's everybody firing all cylinders as far as their acting goes. You know, I think that we really get to see a lot of uh, Attenborough's work here. And Brady, uh, t- tell me what you think about this. Uh, last week, we were talking about the scene, the ice cream scene between Ellie yeah. and Hammond. And do you think that the conversation that they had in that minute kind of leads up to what Hammond starts this minute off here, saying he has the line of people are dying? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely, you know, quoting her and referencing her saying, John, people are out there, you know, dying. And uh, and the scene really starts off with a bang this minute because that's the first thing we see is him walking right up to the camera saying that. Um I'm really glad that they didn't have some sort of shot of Ellie giving some recognition like, yeah, man, you know, you're in it now. But, uh, you know, this is an entirely new Hammond um, than, what, than what we've been saying. And I really think there's a couple moments in this movie where a character will say something that you think is applying to some, another situation when they're actually probably saying it to themselves. A couple of uh, minutes ago, we got to see Grant uh, looking over the raptor eggs and saying life found a way. And he might not necessarily be talking about the the fact that the dinosaurs are breeding, but in the fact that like this guy has completely evolved into someone else. Well, I think um, it's a similar situation here with, with Hammond. And when he's saying people are dying, he's not saying it to Ray. I think he's saying it to himself, someone who's letting someone else tell him they're not going to do something. And he's like, you know what? Screw this, John. I'm going to tell myself 
people are dying and I've got to stand up and I got to put my foot down and I got to do what I can to, to end this thing that I just did not want to see fail. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's a, a pretty compelling moment. And we're kind of starting to see I that like that character the, arc uh, completed there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gary. I, I cut you off. There. No, 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 I was gonna. I was actually gonna say the same thing. I, I I like that they take that moment. Like he has that first line that he says that people are dying, and then there's this pause, this like a few seconds before he 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 adds that second line of like, "Will you please shut down the system?" And so we've got that moment to really sink and be like, "This is the last of it." Like this is him deciding that like we're gonna shut it down. Like there's nothing else we can do. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great a great use of dramatic pause there too. I think there's a lot yeah. said in Samuel L. Jackson's just, you know, of uh, quiet response to that where he's just mm-hmm. staring this, at him like this is not a John Hammond that I've seen uh yeah. at any point. You know, I mean the, the closest that we that we get to this, I believe, is maybe earlier on when Dennis Nidri uh is it's funny, they're standing in just about the same place. Dennis Nidri is getting into a, kind of a financial or political argument with John Hammond and John's like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get into this with you right now, Dennis, but that's the only other time we see him really act stern. Other than that, he's like this yeah. Almost, um, dare I say, Dumbledore-ish type figure, you know, who's kind of happy-go-lucky and, you know, kind of yeah. uh, laughing all the time. I think um, I think that I was also going to say, like, in that same vein, it's, it's he's kind of like Willy Wonka, too, um, mm-hmm. for a lot of the movie. He's got this, just this bright energy and, like, I like when he's talking to his... his uh, double on the screen during the ride earlier in the movie like i it's it's is whimsy in in his in his character that um that is not here you know like that's the events that have transpired over the course of the last day have, have really like i don't want to say silenced him but like grounded him a bit there's um some interesting stuff going on here editorially as well where throughout the movie so far we've seen um questions being asked and then the next shot or the next scene the very next moment will answer that mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, where do the vehicles stop? We cut to the cars sitting outside of the T-Rex paddock. And why would you turn the other ones off? We cut to Nidri's hand, bare hands pushing open an electrified fence. Well, this is a similar, it's kind of similar in the sense that, will you please shut down the system? We, you know, hang on Ray for a minute. And uh, then we cut to the close-up of his hand flipping the, mm-hmm. the switch to shut everything down. So it's kind of similar, but it's not being done prefaced with a question. It kind of, a, it's a jarring cut. It really is, especially when you consider, like, that this guy who knows this might not fix the problem. This, as a programmer, I know that this isn't always the, the right way to go about things. Luckily, it works out. But um, does it remind you of that kind of the French New Wave philosophy of filmmaking, where you 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 cut out the stuff that is not necessary? You know, like Godard was known for just yeah. taking a scene and shooting a bunch of stuff, and then just cutting all the uninteresting stuff out. And you had these like kind of jarring cuts, but when you watched it, it added like an attitude to it. This is similar yeah. only in the way that it's kind of like. Where a question is asked, uh, immediate action is response. Uh, you know, like like you're saying, I don't know if it really follows the same filmmaking philosophy, but uh, it's it's interesting. There's a little bit of a parallel there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not the you know the response is not a close up of someone's face. It's their hand doing something. So that's mm-hmm. also kind of jarring. And then it's it's what they're doing. I mean, this could make an already terrible situation even worse. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool minute. It's a really cool minute. And uh, this movie has so just so much interesting lighting. And when the lights go out yes. over Hammond, I, yeah, it's very effective. I love, I love the shot of Hammond when that last light, when he flips the main switch, yeah. and that last light goes out above his head. Um, it's so, it's so dramatic. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I really love it. I love the kind of like blue smoky yeah. interior uh, right after that too. Which it's, is funny because that's all John's cigarette. I think. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, it's, uh, it's. 
Yeah, it almost looks like a James Cameron movie, you know, with all the blue light going on. But it, it, yeah. it definitely um, lighting really affects the mood in the scene. It's very serious. It's a very adult scene, and it's funny because they shut the power down in a minute, and we have no light at all. But you know, um, Gary, it's it's cool that we have you on here because these, I think, Jurassic Park kind of is the entrance into a new era of filmmaking. That I think the Harry Potter movies definitely. Uh, use things like uh, CGI and not just like, you know, uh, uh, having like, uh, you know, fantastical characters on screen, but also in touch up for scenes and stuff like that. I know some of the Mike Newell films like had to be delayed because there was digital effects added to like lighting and stuff like that in every scene. Goblet of Fire. I was actually going to make the same mention um, tomorrow when we see the Gallimimus heard. Spoilers for tomorrow. Um, (laughs) it, 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 is definitely reminded me or it it heralds in um, a lot of what happens in Harry Potter. One of the things that we've been talking about um, uh, in a couple weeks that are coming up, we're we're doing the Quidditch match and a lot of the Quidditch match is animated. And, and as a kid watching the movie, I didn't really ever think about it. Unlike in movies like, was it civil war that had the like young Tony Stark. And we really like linger on that moment. Like look at this CGI character in, in these movies, it's like, okay, yeah, we're doing this thing with computers, but it's, it's quick. You don't really get a lot of time to dwell on it. And so your brain can almost sort of like shut, at least for me as a kid watching these, like growing up, I, you just, you take it for granted that like, you're no longer watching something that is like live action characters on the screen behaving. Same with the, the troll sequence um, that we're talking about this week on our show with uh, Cassandra Fredrickson. Um, that's an animated moment. And when Harry's on the back of the troll, he's entirely digitally created, but it's, it's fast paced. It, you don't really have time to linger on it to like see that, oh, this is just a cartoon on top of this, uh, the CGI creation. Yeah, it's cool too in Harry Potter that they they kind of took it uh, with at least with that troll. I felt that it was kind of um, I mean, it's the earlier movies are for a younger audience, you know, kind of to get them into the story when they're younger. But the troll in that is definitely more cartoonish than some of the creatures that, you know, definitely than more cartoonish than the the, uh, Dementors. Uh, But they do a good job of kind of like hiding the limitations of the technology by making it look overly, you know, it's got this giant nose and it's silly looking. And then later they have a, a centaur that's covered in a lot of darkness to kind of hide that as well. Yes, yes, yes. I think uh, I think Christopher uh, Chris Columbus uh, as the director for the at least for the first two. Um, one of the things that he talked about on on the director commentary, we were when we were talking about the scene with the sorting hat. Um, he mentions that he really likes to like. Sh- we get this really great panning shot where it goes all the way around Harry as he's sitting on the stool with the hat on his head. So you get the entire like you see every angle of the hat, and he's talking about how like when you when you take a cg when you take a like a computer created image that people have to act against or react to and you you give it multiple perspective shots it really kind of solidifies its presence on that on the stage where just like a flat object from the from the distance wouldn't isn't quite as effective Totally, um, which mm-hmm. I find really, which I yeah, which I found really interesting. I never really thought about that either. Which is it's kind of cool because you were talking about the Gallimimus shot tomorrow. They have this great yeah, tracking yeah, yeah, yeah. shot of those things running along, and we get oh, to see them from look almost fantastic. an overhead. Fantastic! Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Uh, because they, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow, but just like the way they move across the landscape, and you you exactly you get that tracking shot, and you see them like kind of bounding around our our characters as we're following them. I think yeah, really cool. I'm definitely. I got a thought on that. We're going to get to it tomorrow, but it's a, it's a big thing. Big thing. For oh, me. man, well, I'm excited. Gary, let me ask you something else about the uh, Harry Potter Minute podcast because we've Brady and I have kind of run into this while we're doing the Jurassic Park Minute podcast is that uh, there are a lot of um, 
places that Jurassic Park departs wildly from the book. Uh, and I, I, I didn't finish reading the first Harry Potter book, and I know that's one of my geek shames, but um, how close does that movie follow the books that J.K. Rowling wrote? So we had we had Scott on really early in the show, actually, and he was talking about how he felt, and I, I kind of agree that at least for the Chris Columbus movies... He tried to stick like really close to the book. There's definitely scenes that are taken out. There's a lot in the book that that doesn't work in the movie or isn't really necessary. Uh, we lose some classes and and things like that. But for the most part, it almost lifts dialogue. I love Sorcerer's Stone, but it's not the best of the movies. I think that I think that really trying to do like a direct one to one adaptation doesn't really you lose so much. There's so, yeah, you have to lose so much. I haven't had a lot of moments where things are like drastically different in this movie, though. We've definitely followed the book. Um, I've been trying to read to keep up with it as, as the show has progressed. And I haven't had any major moments that have been like, oh, like this is just wrong. Like they did this completely differently or they changed. Really, the only time that we have big differences in, in stuff that's happening is just like word choice. I don't know. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that tracks with like new directors coming in with um, Prisoner of Azkaban and then. I think for those three movies, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, and then Order of the Phoenix, each one has a new director. And then David Yates, who comes in with five, I think, does the last four movies. I can't wait to see what you guys uh, cover with Prisoner of Azkaban, because to me, that one just stands out so much. Is that your favorite of the the movies, Brady? I think it's the best of the movies, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Alfonso Curran really did something... uh, different with it yeah, than Christopher he, Columbus. Yeah, he really like grew it up because that's, you know, you, you were saying uh-huh. earlier that, that especially for the first two, you know, they are for kids. They're, they're bringing kids into this movie. And one of the things that Christopher, uh, that Chris Columbus is really effective at is he, he does a lot of shots from the kid's perspective, like looking up at the professors or looking up at something when you're taking in that wonder moment. And so it really makes you feel like you're like that kid experiencing this for the first time. And then when Alfonso Cuaron comes in for for Prisoner of Azkaban, there's something like darker about it. It's suddenly like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a heavy. the The topic's a heavy movie. We think for the most part that that there's a mass murderer after Harry Potter, but or that he's that he's doomed to die. He sees the Grim before we ever really know what's going on. There's a there's a weight in that that's not present in the first two that I really admire. Yeah, yeah you know something about Christopher Columbus too, um, and this has almost become Harry Potter minute in and of itself. This <laughs> today's episode, but that's you know what I think there's some parallels between the movie that are interesting. We'll get into a little bit more of that tomorrow. But uh, Christopher yeah. Columbus definitely set the tone for that entire series with those first two movies. And I will oh, agree with you absolutely. that I, even though I enjoy watching uh, Sorcerer's Stone, I, I don't think that it is uh, the strongest of the movies. But it definitely like that guy. He, he set the look and the world and everything, you know, with that movie. Yeah, I feel like he was definitely the right guy to start it. He he does the same thing for, for, for Harry Potter that he did with, like, Home Alone. You get the same mm-hmm. sort of thing in Home Alone where, where you get a lot of the shots that are from, you know, Kevin's perspective? Is that his name? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that Kevin. are, like, in, interacting with things in the world. So you, you get that, like, his height looking up at stuff. And you get the sense of wonder and you get, like, these great music cues. I think between Chris Columbus kind of bringing in the cast and kind of setting a tone for the way the movies are going to go. And then John Williams doing the score for the first three. I, I don't think that you could have like set the bar at a better place to like go forward with the rest of the franchise. Um, if, if Sorcerer's Stone or, or Chamber of Secrets hadn't worked, like I don't, why would you have done eight movies? Right. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, they'd be in, um, they'd be in Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe territory there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where, where there's kind of rumors like maybe they'll make another, maybe they won't. It's been, 
15 years and we've had four movies and eh, who the whole new cast coming in like i don't know it's a lot of work <laughs> well from the magic of Har- yeah, hogwarts uh, back to the magic of cloning dinosaurs for a second oh, uh yeah. we'll uh <laughs> you know, i have to say that like as soon as as soon as i started watching this minute in preparation for for being on the show knowing that i was going to get the hold on to your butts line <laughs> so happy yes, like as soon as the minute started and 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 john hammett asks uh, ray to turn to will you please turn off the system i was just like i know what's coming like if yeah if, if i had if you had asked me like is there a moment in this movie that i really like i think i still would have picked this like it's, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so it's my it's like one of my favorite lines like his delivery is so it's so fun well, it's funny, you know, in a movie yeah. packed full of CG dinosaurs where that's the main draw, we get you on here for a couple of minutes. So for the most part is, you know, acting heavy, but we will have the Gallimimuses tomorrow. We can talk about dinosaurs and stuff yeah. there. But yeah, it, that's, it's a great line. It's funny. It's this kind of Samuel Jackson line. I don't know, Brady, do you think this might be Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson's best acting in the whole movie? Yeah, I, well, you know, the minute prior where he's standing up to him, we get to see a little bit more of Samuel L. Jackson actually doing right. stuff instead of just kind of sitting around, which, he, you know, he does very well. We get to see him showing a little bit more attitude, showing a little more charisma, mm-hmm. and uh, and going toe to toe with you know one of the most powerful people in the movie, right. and it's it's comedic, it's tense, you know, it's a bunch of different things going on at once. So yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think it's probably the, his his better moment in the movie. It's funny because he's sort of the Janine Melnitz of this cast, you know, like there's a moment earlier in the movie where he's going over the, uh, you know, lines of code and he just kind of throws out this thing, you know, Ellie asks him, so how many lines are there? And he's like, no, nah, about two million. And it's just kind of that kind yeah. of like, uh, it's just my job. I'm just here to do work and everything is kind of like, I have the skills to do it, but I don't want to do it because I'm, you know, more skilled than all you people. You know, it's kind of a, a character I think that's pretty easy easy to relate to and probably one of the most blue collar character of the entire movie you know like I'm sure he's the best at what he does and that's how he got a job at Jurassic Park but it also seems like this guy could be programming computers at MIT or something you know does does he and Nedry do they have the same position like what what's the difference between their jobs so Nidri would be a uh, networking engineer uh, so he's the guy there that's going to be working on the make sure, making sure that all the computers can talk to each other whereas I think that um, uh, Ray is more of a systems administrator type character like he's the guy that okay. o- oversees and makes sure that Nidri's department talks to another department and he is kind of like uh, Brady you, you might know what I'm talking about when I say this here but like the master control operator so basically yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. head that oversees all the making sure that all okay. the parts are interlocking with each other, if you will. And he's, I've, I've kind of always felt that he had like kind of also a managerial position. Like people report to him. He's the guy that has to tell everybody like, you know, the boat's about to leave. I'm the communications director too. Get on the boat if you want to make it off the island. But uh, Nidri's stuff is going to be more in making sure that the actual programming position of the computers and stuff work. Um, I'm not okay. exactly sure that what their, their official titles are, but it seems like watching the movie that there's a those two departments, Nidri's department and Ray's department, do kind of butt heads a little bit, I guess. Which makes yeah, definitely. I mean, who? Kind of yeah, exactly. Who couldn't butt heads with Dennis Nidri? Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh! Just look at his workspace. Like, oh, that <laughs> <Yeah>. disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything else for this minute? I think not. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I I'm as back well. In my notes too, to be sure. Yeah, not, nothing left for yeah. this minute. Tomorrow we have a little bit more adventure in the minute, and uh, you know we'll discuss uh, that we you know see some people and some dinosaurs and interacting with each other. Got a lot to say about that. So, yeah, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this minute. Uh, Gary, just let everybody out there know real quick where they can find more about you and more about Harry Potter Minute on the internet, please. Yeah, we are at uh, we're well, we're at duelinggenre.com, or you can you can find us at harrypotterminute.com. 
Um, we have a Facebook page that's just Harry Potter Minute. Uh, we have a listeners page that, that I have a lot of fun um, kind of interacting with uh, people that are listening to our show, which is Harry Potter Minute and the Listener's Army. And uh, we have a Twitter, which is just at HP Minute, that I'm not very good at checking up on, but <laughs> I do get notifications, so I do respond. Well, great. Well, we're going to have you back on tomorrow to talk a little bit more about Jurassic Park and dinosaurs and John Williams and Steven Spielberg and Christopher Columbus and all that fun stuff. So, so uh, into it. Yeah, awesome. All right, folks. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow for our Friday show, minute number 94. For Gary and for Brady, I'm Kyle. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Media. Woo!